Well, good morning. God is good, isn't he? He's doing something amazing in the next generation. I hope that you are encouraged this morning by what you have seen, of seeing our young people use their gifts to worship the Lord. Amen? And I'm excited. We've been having so much fun on Wednesday nights. We play games. Yes, we run around the gym. But we also teach God's Word. We read Scripture together. And we're trying to cultivate something in this next generation of seeing God make an impact in the world through our young people. About a year and a half, we uh, changed the name of our youth ministry to Thrive Student Ministry. And the reason we did that is because we wanted the purpose of our ministry to be made known, and we wanted it to be very specific. But our goal as youth leaders ministering to our young people is to help every student thrive in their life, thrive in their relationship with Jesus, thrive in their relationship with other people, uh, thrive in school, and when they go out from here into the world, that they would thrive in serving God. We want to see every student make an impact for the kingdom of God using the gifts that he has given them. But when I'm talking about thriving, I'm not talking about thrive in the sense of how the world sees it, of success. What we're talking about is not fame, not wealth, not accomplishment, or living a life that's free from pain or failure or struggle. Our goal is to see every student have a foundation that cannot be destroyed or shaken, a foundation that is on God's word. And here's the thing. If you want to thrive in this life, you need something. It's very specific, and it's the most important, essential part of the Christian life. It's what takes us out of our way into God's way. It's what moves us from a self-centered, finite, inward perspective into a kingdom-living, one-another, eternal mindset. The most essential thing you need in this life is faith. More specifically, it is faith in Jesus. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can't do it. And you hear what the writer of Hebrews is saying. One of the things that puts a smile on God's face is when you start to live by faith, when you put your trust in him. You see, when you start to operate out of this tiny mustard seed kind of faith, God in heaven is looking down on you as a proud father. Without faith, you cannot follow Jesus. And without faith, you cannot accomplish the plans that God has for your life. And what do I mean specifically when I'm talking about faith? When we put our faith in Jesus, what we are saying is that we are putting our trust and confidence in him for our hope, our purpose in life, our self-worth, and our security. It's when we say, I am not going to put my faith in the world, my trust in politicians in the world, and in the things that this world has to offer. My confidence is in the Lord. Psalm 27 says, some trust in chariots and some trust in princes, but we will put our trust in the Lord our God. And when we don't put our trust and faith in Jesus, we look to the world for, the, for what we need. So I want to ask you this morning, what are you putting your faith in? Or in other words, who are you putting your faith in? In the Gospels, we see Jesus give the disciples many opportunities to express their faith in him. And Jesus gave them many reasons to have faith. 
And we're going to be looking this morning in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. And if you want to look in your Bibles on your phones, it's going to be up on the screen. But we're going to read through this. It's the story of Jesus walking on the water and Peter walking out to him. So I actually want to invite you to stand. I like to do this. When we read scripture, I like to stand to make sure that we're all focused in on what God wants to say to us this morning. And I'm going to read through this whole passage, and then you all may be seated. It's from Matthew chapter 14. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to meet them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. You may be seated. So this passage of scripture starts out, the disciples, Jesus had actually just fed the 5,000. He had just preached a big sermon and fed a lot of people. I would be tired if I had done that. And so the disciples are out in the boat. They're taking a nap. Jesus goes to be alone and pray, and the wind starts to pick up and begins to make waves. And it's probably about four or five o'clock in the morning, and everyone's just soundly asleep. Have you ever noticed how funny this story is? I think this is actually the perfect story to be studying on Halloween. Let me just read this first part again. Just try to put yourself in Jesus' shoes for a minute. Verses 25 through 29. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Does it feel like the disciples are getting pranked by Jesus? Think about it. Jesus knows what time of the morning it is. It's early. It's pitch dark. Don't you think he knows what the disciples would do once they saw him walking on the water? I mean, I've, I feel like I've been in this situation before. Just a, a personal example. Some of you know I really love my dog, Milo, if you see pictures on Facebook. But it's not easy to love him at 4 o'clock in the morning when he has to go to the bathroom. I don't remember signing that in the contract that that was required. But when I'm usually walking him at four or five o'clock in the morning, it is pitch dark out there. And one of my biggest fears is that someone is lurking in the dark behind a tree is going to jump out and scare me, which I'm pretty sure Pastor Jesse has done once or twice. (laughs) And that's exactly what Jesus just did to the disciples. He scares them knowing that he was going to do that. But reading on, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid, don't worry guys, it's just me walking on the water, no big deal, it's okay. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out onto the water. And Jesus says, come. Anytime we ask Jesus to let us join with him, he's like, come on, let's go. 
Jesus is giving Peter an opportunity right now to exercise his faith. He's telling Peter, show me your faith. Show me that you believe in who I am. Usually when God gives us an opportunity like that, it's not the most convenient situation. It's not something that we're prepared for. It's not what we expect. And sometimes it seems impossible. I mean, I would think walking on water is pretty impossible, so I wouldn't recommend going and trying that here after the service. But if you want to have faith in this life, if you want to know where you start, faith starts with getting out of the boat. We have to get out of the boat. You see, the boat represents our comfort zone. We love our comfort zone. We love feeling safe and secure. We, a lot of times we say we have faith in God, but we tell God, uh, I, I want to serve you, but it can only be at this time, at this moment, in this circumstance, at this place. I got to have my bank account full. I got to have all my ducks in a row. My kids are older now, uh, and I'll share my faith with someone when I have the time to, but not right now. But God, I love you. I'll serve you. Our comfort zone can be one of the biggest hindrances to doing what God has called you to do in this life. Because we have convinced ourselves that staying in our comfort zone is safer than being where Jesus is. But what I love about Jesus is that he challenges what we think we know. Jesus loves that. If I was Peter, I'd be like, uh, or the other disciples, I'm not getting out of this boat. I'm good. The waves are picking up. I'm going to sink. Nobody can walk on water. That's impossible. This doesn't make any sense. If I go out there, I'll drown. But Jesus loves to shatter our expectations. Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. We often think we know how God works and what his plan is going to be for our life. I can tell you from personal experience that God wants to do something more incredible and imaginable than you could ever realize for yourself. And he is doing that work right now. But you got to get out of the boat to go where Jesus is. Uh, Rob Reimer, uh, I don't know if you know who he is, he's a pastor and author. He says this about faith and fear. You can either act on fear or you can act on faith, but you cannot do both. He goes on to say, we can feel afraid and still act on faith, but we cannot act on both. You gotta get out of the boat to go where Jesus is. That's where faith begins. Let's read on verses 29 and 30. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Peter was doing it. He was actually walking on water. He was doing the impossible. He was shattering their expectations. The disciples were probably like, what is going on? Should we get out of the boat? Should we stay in the boat? What, what should we do right now? But then something happened. Verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. What mistake did Peter just make? He took his eyes off of Jesus. When we first come to faith in Jesus as our Savior, we have this joy and this excitement about following him. We start to see the change in our lives. We become passionate about serving him. But then something happens. Our expectations are not met. We make a mistake. We sin. 
we begin to doubt ourselves, we begin to doubt God, and we become afraid. You see, faith is not this one-time moment you start at the beginning of your walk with Christ. It is a daily choice to surrender your life to him, to trust in him. And this daily surrender is an act of faith, an act of trust that all that we surrender to him, he will care for, and that he will meet me in my act of faith when I am acting in obedience to him. You have to keep your eyes on Jesus. You gotta get out of the boat, and once you're out of the boat, you have to keep your eyes fixed on him. When we start depending on ourselves to work out our faith and do good works, we always fall short. Scripture says all, um, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We cannot do it on our own. And when fear starts to trickle in, when we start to doubt ourselves, we begin to sink, just as Peter did. Fear keeps us from moving forward. We just stop. We start to doubt God, and we start looking to other things to make us feel good enough, to make us feel worthy. We start grasping for meaning in the world, in popularity, in success, or pleasure, or possessions. See, the waves that started coming, they represent the circumstances, the difficulties, and the challenges we face. It might be a sickness that you're dealing with this morning, or a financial setback, a broken relationship, and we all face these trials at some point in our lives. But I wanna ask you, what are the waves in your life today? What is it that you are facing? What are the things that cause you to worry, that cause you to doubt God and his presence, and the moments where you feel like you're just not in control of anything? I think we've all felt like that. And here's the thing, there's always going to be waves that try to bring you down in this life, that try to cause you to stumble in your walk with Jesus. And it's when we keep our eyes on Jesus that we will not be shaken by the waves of the world or be overwhelmed by our sin, our shame, our fears, and our doubts. And it's not that those things disappear. We come to faith in Jesus. It's not just this open highway and I'm good, nothing's ever gonna happen, no, nothing's ever gonna get my way, I'm gonna live a perfect life, no one's gonna ever try to get me to stumble. Those things are always gonna be there. But it's believing and understanding that no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, Jesus is with you and you belong to him. Jesus could have stopped the wind and the waves for Peter. He could have made the water calm and still he actually could have turned it to ice and all the disciples would have just jumped out and started ice skating together. It would have been fine. But he didn't do that. He wanted Peter to trust in him no matter what would happen. But even though he doesn't remove every challenge and roadblock, what he does give you is himself. He gives you his presence. He takes the burden off of you and he gives you the grace and the strength to follow him. When we have Jesus, we have everything that we need. Jeremiah 17 says this, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. When you put your hope and confidence in the Lord, when you have a foundation that's on his word and not on the things of this world, you will have everything that you need to live a godly life in holiness because you have Jesus within you. It says you will be like a tree planted by the water 
that sends out its roots by the stream. A tree that's planted by the water has everything that it needs, all of its nutrients, everything that gives its life. And it says it does not fear when heat comes. We don't have to be afraid when the unexpected, when life gets hard. It, our leaves always stay green and we have no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I feel like the last year and a half, we could all agree, has felt like a year of drought, a fear, a year where nothing seemed to go our way, where we didn't feel like we were in control with COVID. But I can tell you, Jesus did not stop being Jesus during COVID. God did not stop working in your life just because COVID happened, just because we stopped meeting for a time. God's presence did not leave his church. And so we have no worries in a year of drought when we face these kinds of things. It doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that we struggle. But we have a Savior who is present with us in our struggle. I just want to share a personal story of just mine and Caitlin's experience in the last year and a half, which God has blessed us abundantly. Uh, we got married last year, had a COVID wedding, and then we got pregnant with little Samuel, uh, who is the most amazing little boy ever. Um, and, but being pregnant during COVID was not exactly easy or fun, especially for Caitlin. It was a difficult pregnancy. And then when it came time for Samuel to come, he did not want to come, and we were in the hospital for about a week and ended up having to have an emergency C-section, which Caitlin and I were not prepared for. But praise the Lord, Samuel came healthy, um, but Caitlin's recovery was difficult. And the day we brought Samuel home, we found fleas in our house, and I'm allergic to fleas. So we couldn't bring our son home. Luckily, we were able to go stay with Caitlin's parents, which was a huge blessing to us, a sign of God's presence protecting us. But it took two months to get rid of the fleas and four treatments. We were like, Lord, is this ever gonna work? Is it ever gonna happen? Do we need to start looking for somewhere else to live? But finally, after two months, the fleas were gone. We found out what the issue was. Things living in my attic, things living underneath the house, keeping the fleas there. And then two weeks later, we, got, we finally settled in, I got COVID. And then Caitlin and Samuel had to leave and go stay with her parents for another month. But praise the Lord, my mother, my parents were here, my mom is a nurse who's had COVID, was vaccinated and was able to come take care of me. But in the middle of that, I probably, I had, I would say one of the scariest days of my life. Um, pretty much, I don't know if you all know this, but I stopped functioning. My body stopped responding to medication. I, w I couldn't keep meds down, I couldn't eat, couldn't drink, and everything was shutting down. So my parents called 911, and I had to be rushed to the hospital in an ambulance. First time in an ambulance, very interesting. Um, and it was probably one of the hard, I can't imagine how Caitlin felt watching me being put into an ambulance, not knowing what was gonna happen. But the EMTs didn't know where to take me because there was no hospital bed available at any of the hospitals in Orlando. So they kept calling around, calling around, didn't know where to take me, and eventually at Advent South, there was a couple beds that opened up. So they took me there, I don't have my phone, I'm not even wearing shoes, and Caitlin doesn't know where I am or how to get a hold of me. But God showed up in a powerful way that day, and I just wanna share, even in the midst of those days where you feel like nothing is going right and you are not in control, God is there to show himself strong in your life. That day, one of our closest friends, who is a nurse, 
just happened to be on call that day at that hospital. And so Caitlin was messaging our friends, letting them know what was going on. And she let them know that, hey, I'll meet you there. And then we found out that Matt and John, who are sitting over here, uh, who work at different hospitals all around the state, uh, fixing or testing medical equipment, happened to be at that hospital that day as well. And so as soon as Caitlin walked into the emergency room lobby, all three of them were there to meet her, to encourage her, to wrap their arms around her. God is amazing when we put our faith in him and trust that he is going to take care of us, even in the midst of uncertainty. And so Alyssa was able to bring me my phone. I could text Caitlin where I was, what I was doing, got the IV in me, got the meds in me, and I started to recover. You see, Jesus was present in every single one of the situations that I just talked about, and he's present in yours. Peter didn't just start walking on the water on his own. He went out to where Jesus was, and Jesus never calls us to take a step of faith and go where he is not already there. It's in these difficult moments that he wants to show us who he is and that he loves us and that he is present with us, and his presence gives us hope. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Keeping our eyes on Jesus makes our faith strong. We don't make our faith strong. It's not anything that's within us. It's not our own power. It's not our own strength. Peter couldn't walk on the water unless Jesus enabled him to. Seeing Jesus gave him the faith to step out of the boat. It's all about Jesus. Let's continue to read on. Verses 31 to 33. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. See, the disciples witnessed Jesus do something amazing. They had already seen him do something amazing with feeding the 5,000 out of five loaves and two fish, but then they just saw him walking on the water and saw Peter walking on the water. And so what did they do? They worshiped him. The only true response to seeing God's power displayed in our lives is worship. They said, you are who you say you are, Jesus. You are the Son of God. So if you want to have faith, what is required is you got to step out of the boat. The second thing is you got to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And the third thing about faith is that faith is about who Jesus is. It's about who Jesus is. If we want to grow in faith, we have to grow in our knowledge of Jesus and our closeness to him. It's not about how strong your faith is or how good you are, but it's about who Jesus is. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and what he is doing in you and what he wants to accomplish through you to the world. When you realize who Jesus is as the disciples did in that moment, you will be able to put your hope in him your trust in him for your hope, your significance, your self-worth, and he will be your eternal security. And I want to tell you, he will never let you down. Psalm 9 says, those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. So who are you putting your faith in this morning? 
Are you growing deeper in your knowledge of Jesus? Number one, do, do you even believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Is he your savior? Do you believe that he died on the cross for your sins? He came down out of heaven, off his throne, to meet us where we were at in our brokenness and sin. And he gave his life so that you might have a relationship with God and might be called sons and daughters of the living God. And are you willing to follow him with your life? I just want to tell you this morning, Jesus is worthy of your faith and he is worthy of your trust. I want to invite the worship team to come back up. So, what does this mean for us this morning? Who are you putting your faith in? I just want to reassure you, Jesus isn't asking you to walk on water this morning. So like I said, don't go try that. It's a little bit too cold for that now. What he's asking you to do is get out of the boat, fix your eyes on him, and believe and trust in who he is, resting in his power and his provision for your life. Faith isn't always about these massive leaps and decisions. A lot of the time, it's the small decisions of putting your faith in him and his power. It's just taking these faith-filled risks to serve someone, to pray for your neighbor, or to share your story of what God has done in your life. It's trusting that he knows what's best for us and that he works everything out for our good no matter what the circumstances. He's asking you to leave the comfort and security of your boat where you think you'll be safe, where you think that God wants you to serve him. He's inviting us to join him where he's at so that he can do something amazing in your life. He wants to shine the light of Jesus through you. The question is, are you ready? Are you willing to let him this morning, to put your faith in him? Matthew 17 says, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That is the God that we serve, and that's the kind of faith he wants to instill in us. But if you feel like you don't have enough faith this morning to follow him, Jesus is ready to give you the faith that you need. He's simply asking that you trust him, and he wants to show you who he is. He wants you to know that he is present with you no matter what you're going through right now, and that he loves you. That is ultimately what he wants to show you in your life, is that you are loved more than you could possibly imagine. Put your faith in Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on him. And he will show your faith strong. Let's pray together.